Okay, hey there, comic fans, DC fans. This is the show, as Ross says, like Prince, formerly known as SCR. This is the DC Remix. My name is Alistair Kennedy, and five years ago I was lost in an island. And here with me tonight, as always, is Ross, the man, the moment, the mysterious person. I like the moment as a nickname for you. The moment, yeah. yeah. We can go for Ali, stranded for five years, and the moment. And the moment, yeah. <laughs> stranded in the moment. There we, we could go. be, we could be like a dynamic duo and yeah. have some sort of stranded in the moment theme tune. Stranded in the moment, it is music plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah just keep totally like montaging it up. It'd be awesome. Yeah, and it has to go like uh, swirly screen style, like Batman sixties. Yeah, fuck you, Joe Schumacher. We can do this better. I'll the moment and the five years stranded. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, oh, yes. a, that's an awesome new shock jock DJ nicknames, even though we're not shock. I know. Yes. That's it. Let's get down to the club tonight. Yeah. <laughs> stranded in the moment. Spin some discs. Yes. Is that not what they say these days? Is that what the cool kids? Oh, and the, the wheels of steel, I believe. The oh, the wheels of steel. Mm. Oh, that's actually a good one. That's better than the moment. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting ourselves confused with the whole the moment and five years thing but yes welcome everybody to dc remix formerly known as starling city radio uh today we have decided it's been a long while since both of us have been on the air a very long time actually to be honest yes and we think that it's good to look at the dc universe as a whole because it's a massive shake-up that's happened critically fan-wise and if you think about it this is the first time that we're seeing the stumbling steps into the DC extended universe on a, on a cinema level. We're used oh, to... Multiverse! Yeah, we're used to Arrow, we're used to Flash, we're used to Gotham, and we're used to Supergirl, which, to be honest, uh, it supposedly is getting better. Uh, but for movie-wise, this is our first ever DC movie since Man of Steel. Mm. So I think it deserved a podcast, Ali, didn't you? It's not the podcast that they wanted, it's the podcast they needed. Exactly. <laughs> Look at you. Get I set you up right thing. Back and forth, this one. Back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So we should get down to business. Let's just get straight into the, the meat of it. Yes. Batman versus Superman. Yes. Dawn of Justice. I totally forgot that was a subtitle <laughs> until after Excellent. I saw it. I just kept on calling it BVS. Yes. Batman versus Superman. <laughs> I know. So, Ali. Yes. What did you think? Well, the biggest disappointment was, who was Dawn in this? Well, I don't know. I thought that, that might have been the secretary, you know? No, oh, maybe know. that was... Oh, no, that was Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah. oh, actually, that's our first thing we should say before we get into it. Mm. This is a fucking spoiler show, by the way. So yes. if you're if you're listening to this for some reason you haven't seen Batman vs. Superman, which makes no sense whatsoever... No sense. Uh, you might want to turn off now and just go away. But, yeah, it's a proper spoiler thing. Yeah. So what I was going to say is that I thought Dawn might have been the person in the African scene, but then I forgot that was... That's, is that supposed to be yeah. Jimmy Olsen? It, they one, killed Jimmy Olsen. They killed Jimmy Olsen off without really properly introducing him. And this, I didn't even know that was Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> I know. The, the story kind of goes, Zack Snyder said, that it'll, be, it'll have more of an introduction in the Blu-ray release with the extended version. So it kind of sucks that um, Zack Snyder just seems to hate Superman characters. Well, of course. He killed three in this movie. Well, in, in all honesty, Superman is the most boring superhero that's ever existed. Mm. And this film literally proved how boring he can be. Uh, however, though, I'm absolutely loving the fact that Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder seem to be using this extended cut as an excuse. It's mm. like it's like basically everything that's gone wrong, they're like, don't worry, it all gets fixed. Fixed <laughs> extended cut. It's as if they're like frantically trying to re-edit the entire film between now and July for the Blu-ray release. You know, you know uh, so you were, you were saying like, what do I think of it? Okay, so overall, right, um, I wasn't the greatest fan of Man of Steel, but then again, the only Superman release thing that i did enjoy was uh brandon ruth playing him for one and smallville for two um in this movie uh the critics had slated it i mean they'd rubbed this to the ground i seen fan reviews and stuff and i was like man i really need to stop reading reviews and i watched this film i've seen it three times now and holy fuck like it, it was a film that was only 10 minutes shorter than the dark knight rises and the dark knight rises like i watched it at the cinema and i got up and i was like 
I need to go to get some more popcorn. I'm so bored. It dragged on at certain scenes, especially yeah. when Gotham was under siege. This yeah. film did not have one moment where it dipped and went, okay, hurry up with this shit at all. That's the um, that's the big thing about this this film. Mm. It's nonstop action. That's what it is. That's what Zack Snyder does, right? Uh, I totally understand. And this is a big thing. I love the film as well, right? I thought the film was, was great. Um, I but I do understand, accept, appreciate, and agree with all the criticisms that it's got. But see the slating it's got. There's there's no way that it deserves the slating that it's having. There there are films out there that are far worse than Batman versus Superman that are praised, like Iron Man Two, for example. That was a <laughs> shite film. Terrible. That was uh... absolutely terrible. This isn't any you know anti Marvel thing. That was just a terrible film, and that was received better than Batman versus Superman. So was Thor the Dark World, and that film sucked big, hairy Is Thor balls. Thor the Dark World's another one that was fucking a travesty to the characters that they portrayed. There was no characterization in that. It was just all action. Batman versus Superman, there's so much pressure on somebody. Of course it's not going to live up to everybody's expectations, you know? What are they expecting? A fucking Oscar-winning <laughs> film? You know, it's a bloody action superhero film. You're supposed to turn your brain off. You're supposed to just sit there and just watch it for the action, you know? Yeah, and but it was, it's like, um, the one good thing about it is it made me, f- like, Marvel's clearly designed for a much younger audience. And I mean, I'm not talking Deadpool and, like, the Fox X-Men movies. I'm talking about mainline Marvel's. Sure, most of the movies are 12s, 15s, but it's designed at a younger audience. This one is not fucking made to sell toys. It will sell toys, but it's a gritty, adult-feeling comic book movie. And that's exactly what DC, DC should be doing, like, in my mind. Yeah. This is this is the other thing as well, is that, you know, people still think that, like, the characters Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman eh, still all live in this, in the comic side of things, still all live in this, you know, goody-two-shoes, eh, goody lovey-dovey, uh, everything's all fine and rainbows eh, comic universe. But see, if you read the comics that they have since the New 52, it's dark as fuck. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but if I had a kid who was 10, 11 years old, I'd be asking them to read Batman from the 70s and watching the Batman TV show, not fucking the shit that, that, that mm-hmm. Scott Snyder's been writing, which is phenomenal, by the way. But my God, some of the stuff, I mean, even take back to the 80s with with Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't let like a, a 10, 11 year old read Killing Joke with all the sexual abuse and fucking, you know, pretty <laughs> BDSM that Joker has in store for for um, a for Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. But so, like, you're, you're totally right. I think the problem is, though, is that I think Warner Brothers are in a moment where, like, yes, they want to have this dark, gritty, almost R-rated world, but they're still trying to market it yeah. to uh, more people. And I think because of that conflict, you can really see that resonate throughout the entire film, where you can tell that Zack Snyder wanted to do more and wanted to show more and has filmed more and wanted to reveal more that was more dark, grey, swearing, boobs of the the bathroom scene is what I'm really hoping for. <laughs> and, you know, m- more of Batman, well, when I say killing, collateral damage. We'll get onto that point sooner or later. Uh, so, you know, I think that he's basically trying to do a kingdom of heaven on everybody and just release this director's cut. And everyone's kind of going, oh, yeah, that's what we should have seen. And the reason he couldn't have done that before is because I reckon the Warner Bros. executives were kind of like, oh, shit, we didn't realize how dark and shit you were making this. You're going to have to re-edit that in order to make it more appealing to the early teens people instead so that we can market everything to them. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, you can tell from watching it that some scenes it was not held back like you it's not like you can blatantly see where it's been cut but you can tell that the scene could have progressed further with a bit more yeah. violence um i hope and and sorry this is just jump forward to september i hope when suicide squad arrives that august they 5th, don't... sorry august, august 5th okay yep, august 5th. um so august I, I hope that they don't i think they will hold back in that but they really shouldn't for a film like suicide squad I think with Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman, it's going to be interesting to see how it, it pans out in the sense that this will be the first DC film we've seen that hasn't been directed by Zack Snyder. You know, like he's set up this dark and gritty world. I'm really looking forward to other directors being able to be like, right, okay, I'm in this dark and gritty world. How can I inject humor, inject some light or hope 
into this world. And I reckon Suicide Squad will inject the humour mm. side of idea. I'm I'm talking about proper, probably maybe not obviously not as meta, but near Deadpool style humour. Yeah. You know? I reckon I can see that. But then I can see Wonder Woman injecting this sort of like the hope, the light, you know. I mean Wonder Woman is golds. Uh, well, yellows, whites, and in a way they kind of need to, Ross, because as you know, Superman's kind of meant to be the beacon of hope, like shining farm boy, wholesome goodness, and then this is like he's like out trying out trying to outbrood Batman in this series. Which, in all, as much as I hate Superman, I think he's the worst mm. super character out there. I think he's so boring, he's so bland. I've I, I honestly didn't think that somebody could make him so dark and broody until Zack Snyder came along. Like that shit, I was like going, my God, am I just watching two Batmans right now? This is just weird. And like, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't expect uh, Superman to be as dark and gritty in Batman versus Superman. I, I honestly thought it would have been a bit more of a contrast in terms of like the dark and gritty scenes where you see Bruce Wayne, Batman, and Gotham. And then I was hoping that you would see sort of like a bit more of a lighter look at Metropolis, you know. Mm -hmm. They've just recovered from basically the most retarded attack ever that's happened in the city that leveled the entire city. Not just a not just a, a an area which it seemed to have been, you know, mentioned in Batman. But no, it was the entire fucking city. Simple as. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that that would have been seen in more lighter colours, lighter tones, and Superman being a little more like non-guilty in that sense like i understand that he he's weighing he's being weighed down by the guilt of what happened to metropolis but i was kind of hoping that this film was his way of trying to redeem himself to the city without just sitting there being all depressive and the other thing as well that i wanted to just mention about superman is the fact that his character arc hasn't grown since man of steel no. we essentially saw the exact same superman that we saw in man of steel that's not what's that's not what's supposed to happen your character's supposed to move and grow between films. You don't just have him, the same person. He was still talking to his dad about the same issues and the same conflicts that he had in Man of Steel. Those conflicts should have been resolved at the end of that film. Mm -hmm. And new conflicts and new perspectives from Superman should have happened. Yeah, I, I agree with that. However, there's the undertone to this, like, that... Um... I mean, like you said, it's very hard to make Superman interesting, like, without making him the exact same character that Christopher Reeve, Tom Welling, uh, George Reeve, Brandon Ruth is portrayed on screen, they had to give him this sort of edge. And there's a reason behind it, because the underlying thing they've got here is, basically Zack Snyder, from what I took away from the movie, has took the some parts of Red Sun, some parts of The Dark Knight Rises, and a big chunk of Injustice, the comic book yeah. slash video game, and he's melded them all together in this pot, along with the death of Superman, but we'll get into that in a bit. That's not a spoiler, that's the name of the comic. Well, it is a spoiler as well, but... um. Basically, it's as if he has to keep him dark and broody because in the Injustice universe, Lois gets killed by the Joker. Um, he forces Superman to kill her uh, by making him think that it was um, Doomsday, I believe. And he kills the Joker and decides, right, enough's enough. It's time for some heavy-handed um, yeah. world uh, governing. And uh, we see a... F it's n People are saying it's a dream sequence. In the movie, it wasn't. It was the Flash showing, the Superman, uh, showing Batman in the future where we see him in the red sun style get up and he's trying to buy kryptonite in the black market and it's a scene every, everyone get confused about in the trailers and yet yeah, wasn't explained a lot in the movie or there was no lead up to it he just kind of blanked out and he's seen this and then he's seen the flash kind of in yeah. the speed force saying lois is the key you need to bring us all together that to me says that the flash was showing him it rather than it being this nightmare sequence that everyone's calling him um and like I said, that's that's what I think his main driving force for keeping Superman so dark is, so that he's always on the edge of becoming this injustice, like overruling God type figure. Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally get where you're coming from, I, and you know, as as much as I dislike Superman, I, I've read enough and watched enough of Superman to know that 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 isn't Superman. You know, that injustice stuff and that whole sort of like you know alternative uh, storylines with like Red Sun and, and everything. There's a reason why it's called alternative storylines. It's like a, huh, wouldn't it be cool if dot, 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 this yeah. happened with Superman. The Superman that we are supposed to see in this entire, um, hang on, sorry, is that Vuvuvela's out there? I don't have a clue. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about the audiences. I thought I was hearing something. But anyway, yeah, so like with Superman, it's just like, 
it's a fundamental lack of understanding the character is what Zack Snyder uh, mm. has a problem with. You know, all the characters, he just it just didn't feel like he understood why they should. Uh, I kind of disagree with all the characters. Um, I'll get into Lex in a minute, but uh, Batman, I think he almost hit the nail on the head. Yeah, but Batman is see that's the difference though with it, right? Is the fact that it's not it's not Zack Snyder that that made Batman. It's Ben Affleck that made Batman, you know, mm. and that just goes to show how good. Ben Affleck is as Bruce Wayne and Batman. And I'll say this to everybody. He is the ultimate Batman. He is the ultimate Bruce Wayne and Batman. I mean, there's nobody that's played this character better since Michael Keaton. And even then, Ben Affleck is shot out of the park. Mm. And I think it's just it just shows a testimony to how good he is and how understanding of the character that he is, that he's managed to take what Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder told him to and managed to evolve it into the Batman that he wanted to play without changing anything, to be honest, you know? It's kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, do this. He's like going, oh, maybe in Ben Affleck's mind, kind of going, I don't think Batman would do this, but if he was supposed to do it, I'll act it out this way, which goes to show that Ben Affleck has more of an understanding of the Batman character than the director, Zack Snyder, did. And uh, I'm so psyched for this Batman film that uh, Ben Affleck has reportedly written his agent has come out and said that it got it has to be and you'll agree with me ali has to be under the red hood no other reason whatsoever to do any other sort of batman film it has to be that would then tie in the entire mess is a really bad word to use but the entire sort of like disconnected Mm. batman versus superman film by just having these things in and out which sorry to rant on again brings me on to another thing is like studying film as you know Zack Snyder really dropped the ball on just the most fundamental part of being a filmmaker. Being a filmmaker is a storyteller. You're supposed to tell a story. What I've found is that everybody who's trying to reason with things that have happened in the film or uh, is trying to make sense of something, they're extrapolating. They're going, oh, it's because Flash did this and this. That's why he, he did this in the film. Oh, the reason why Batman is killing is because Robin must have died or Robin's died and he must be doing this, this and this, you know, people are having to fill in the blanks and as a filmmaker and a storyteller, you failed if your audience have to fill in the blanks rather than, uh, you know, get told what's going on, you know, and I think, and I'll quote a friend of mine, uh, (coughs) Gordon, uh, he basically said, it's like watching a film that's been made by someone with ADHD, just everything everything that you want is in there but it's just kind of like oh and then this big plane comes down and yeah. then this happens and then this happens and then this happens and, and you're kind of like whoa just that's perfect you know calm down yeah that that is it's it literally is like someone on adhd or a toddler just with all the dc universe toys in front of them and they're just creating their own story and they're getting so hyped up and worked up in the action and these awesome like overall plans that they're forgetting to deal with the little steps which is characterization you know which is moving your characters from one film to another which is giving them purpose giving them feeling giving them emotions and i think that's what marvel are doing fucking amazing at Mm -hmm. and i think dc have dropped the ball in in that sense anyway you know not not with the way that they've mapped it out because i think the way that they're doing the films is perfect i just think that they're not they're not focusing on the characters they're more focusing on the spectacle and the marketing side of things to an, to an, to an extent you're you're 90 right but by the end of the film i had kind of got the impression that um bruce meeting clark and batman meeting superman uh, affected their characterization more than man of steel and the rest of this movie like um the way that batman goes about things like by the end instead of punching lex right in the stupid face with his um his, yeah. his brand he hit the wall so that showed a changing character where he was branding them yeah. uh, so they would get um abused basically in jail uh, and superman also going from the bad dies tonight because i'm the bad man uh, Superman flew off at that point. Uh, I, there can be only one person. That's me. Uh, he, <laughs> what are you, Mel Gibson? <laughs> yeah, I sounded like Mel, drunk, drunk Mel Gibson. I sounded like the, um, the way you're going with that Scottish accent, and you're even Scottish. I know that's the worst of it. Um, although um, 
bit behind the scenes. I, I, I did audition for a video game part, Ross. You know how I've done some voice acting before? And I did not get the role of the Scottish guy. <laughs> that's amazing. That's the greatest thing ever. You know, that's the, I'm sorry, guys. That's it. Podcast over. I'm going to collapse laughing hearing the... Yeah. I got, I got two... couldn't get the Scottish accent. I got two American parts, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's even amazing. That's the greatest thing ever. Um, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, back to the movie... Um, by the end, I, I did feel that, not significantly like anything groundbreaking, but I do feel that they had been nudged to a different way of thinking by each other. Um, Wonder Woman did not change from the start of this movie to the end. And I, as much- that's understandable, considering how little she yeah. was in it. But when she was in it, she kicked ass. I'm really excited for how this Wonder Woman portrayal is. And if you've got to think about it, this is, well... I, I know there's the Carter TV show from the 70s that had Wonder Woman in it, but you've got to think this is our this is essentially our first ever like live action incarnation. And reading the comics and watching all the animated stuff, I think I I think that uh, Patty Jenkins had a bit of a word in with how Wonder Woman was going to be dealt with in Batman versus Superman. And and from what I've heard, this is the gritty. Uh, I don't give a fuck Wonder Woman. What we're going to get in the film for Wonder Woman is more of a naive person who trusts uh, humans a wee bit more. But still, I thought it was kick-ass. Yeah, I was kind of uh, impressed by her. Like To me, Wonder Woman should be um, like the size of China from the WWF. Like, But... Um, this girl, like Gal Gadot, or however you say her name, she was in the Fast and the Furious, Fast and the Furious films, and I thought she's too skinny. Like, there's nothing wrong with her being skinny. It's just I wanted a bit more muscle. But by the time I seen her on screen, she she convinced me she was Wonder Woman. Like, especially that bit with um, Doomsday, like with these laser blasts, like, and all of a sudden Batman goes shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that bit. It's that bit where like fucking. Um, uh... Oh, what was it? She said, I think she says, I might have just made this up. Maybe I dreamt it. Because if I dreamt it, then it's an awesome line that should be used in Wonder Woman <laughs> movies. But she says something kind of like, oh, uh, she like looks at Batman and be like, oh, I've taken down, I've taken down gods bigger than this. And like, like properly just goes, Rawr! straight into Doomsday. And I was like, that's fucking Wonder Woman. Then she used a lasso of truth. I was not yeah. expecting that. I was like, holy shit. I did call the massive like ending at the end. Uh, I was a bit of a dick when I came up. I actually like sort of like half leaned out my chair and shouted, "Called it!" <laughs> it nice. So before we start talking endings, we've got to finish up the characters in this movie. Um, so before we hit Lex, we'll leave him to last. What about Doomsday, right, Ross? In my mind, I I went in hating Doomsday. I called him Zod's Day. By the time I'd seen Doomsday in action and he started like adapting to their attacks and getting the spikes, I wanted to see more of him by the end, which I is just, always a good thing. I just felt that he was. I hope that we get to see something else of him through the films in the next coming years, but I just felt that he was just used as filler. He was just used for a sole purpose, which was for the ending. And a sole purpose, which was to bring the 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 basic, you know, the Trinity together. Uh, I didn't feel that there was any other reason behind him being there. Uh, you know, I have no qualms with how he was created. That kind of made sense, actually, to be honest. If you think about it, like when they kind of revealed how he was done in the ship and and Lex, you know, like putting his blood in with uh, Zod. I was kind of like going, right, okay, I can get that. I can deal with that. That's cool. Zod's day, understand all that stuff, but no, he's still Doomsday. Yeah. And as he morphed and changed through the attacks, I'm going, this is even better. This, this is actually quite cool. After the whole going up in space, nuclear blast. Love that scene yeah. where uh, fucking uh, Superman is basically just like a nuclear shell. Um, you know, they kind of uh, almost felt like it was taken straight out of the panels from um, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Uh, from Corto Maldives, where he's just like lying there after the nuclear blast, like as a skeleton. I loved the look of that. I thought that was fucking phenomenal. Uh, but then, see, when Doomsday came down, was still alive, was going, right, this is our Doomsday. This is the Doomsday. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of kind of like 50, I'm 50 50 on a lot of the stuff in the film, but I'm 50 50 in Doomsday. I mean, if, the, if that's it, Doomsday's done, finished, that's it, gone, then 
I'm going to be pissed off because I felt that they need to try and give him a bit more depth by maybe bringing him in in a future film. Mm -hmm. If he gets brought into a future film, then it would make sense why he was in BVS. Right now, it just feels that like he was just filler in order, like he was just the excuse to get the Trinity together and to kill, well, to do the ending. So, you know. That, no, that makes sense, and it leads perfectly into um, my thoughts because we're going to talk about uh, Lex Luthor here, right? This is this was a controversial casting choice. It was Jesse Eisenberg, um, who, as we know, played uh, Matt Zuckerberg in the, the the Social Network, and he basically, Zuckerberg. yeah, he whatever his fucking name is, I don't use his stupid He's social. Yeah, I don't use that network. Um, so uh, I, here's here's my thoughts, Ross, before you think and see if you're doing me. Um, he would have been perfect up, up, up with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. He suited that universe specifically for that movie. In this movie, he felt a bit out of place. However, I feel that Zack Snyder has left himself an out because it was very unnecessary making him Lex Jr., right? Um, it's kind of hinted that his dad's dead and he left his stuff to him. But as we know, if this is the real Lex Luthor as his dad, then... He's kind of sneaky, so he could have just went into hiding. And I reckon that possibly, like, people were wanting Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad to be Lex Luthor, which I think would be amazing. If they brought in, like, say, Brian Cranston in a future film as Lex Luthor, and he's now got the perfect excuse to hate Superman and Batman because they put his son in jail. Okay, so what are your thoughts on that, Ross? I think that's a lot of shite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 that, that's one hell of a theory, man. Like, um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you creds in, on coming up with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I honestly don't think that's the case. I just, knowing Zack Snyder from his films, obviously, and his interviews, I think that's Lex, that's, that is the Lex Luthor that you're going to see. Uh, you know, in Smallville, where you had Lex Luthor's dad, who's blind and shit, Luther, yeah. and wasn't blind, and then was blind, and then wasn't again. And then <laughs> yeah. used, uh, I reckon it would be a similar situation to that. That's actual Lex Luthor there. And in terms of the character, when I came out the cinema on the first viewing, I hated it. I felt that it was just a Riddler, Joker, fucking ripoff. Like a poor ripoff of that. It was just as if it was a student film deciding to remake Dark Knight Return, uh, uh, Dark Knight mm-hmm. and all it was was just basically Lex Luthor just being Riddler and Joker like rolled into one but then I watched it for the second and third time and I was kind of looking at it and I was going well hang on a minute there's something and again this is just harking down to the fact that I think Zack Snyder was being too subtle in the film because too, so much was going on is that the fact that Lex Luthor was actually kind of normal uh, in the first half of the film like, he was just basically an eccentric, you know... Um, young millionaire. Yeah. yeah, young millionaire, right? You know, basketball and all that stuff. And I, I looked at it kind of going, yeah, that is Lex Luthor. It was only until he stepped in to, uh, or got access to the ship and the kryptonite that he started going batshit crazy. So I reckon maybe this is a subtle way just to say that it was the kryptonite or the, the ship itself or, or, you know, using his DNA to create Doomsday... Mm-hmm. That uh, that that's just made him break down and become insane at the end of the film. Well, I could oh. I could see that, but the part that I'm kind of like, that why call him Lex Junior at all? Like, why not just call him Lex Luthor? Because in Smallville, he he was Lex Luthor. His dad was Lionel, and it made sense because it was in Superman's younger days. Whereas yeah. in this movie, he's specifically Lex Luthor Junior, which means his dad would have had to be Lex Luthor Senior. Yeah, I know. I totally understand where you're coming from. I just think that this is definitely going to be because I reckon that he is around the. the, I mean, well, Batman would be forty in his forties, I think, in Batman vs Superman. Superman is in his thirties, and Lex Luthor, or from the way I looked at uh, Jesse, late twenties, like late twenties. So it kind of makes sense, and it does line up uh, as kind of being in that way. But again. I don't know. It was kind of left in a bit open. I didn't expect Lex Luthor to sort of like end up in jail. No. I was kind of thinking that like his bald head would have come. Like, see when he was um, when he got to the ship and got access to the ship, it was like, here we go. This is how he gets his bald hair, uh, his bald head. This is it. He is literally going to go into that pool, right? He's going to get consumed by whatever it is, go bald, freak out, and run away. That was essentially where I was thinking was going to happen, and then it didn't. 
I was pissed off. I was really pissed off. I I genuinely thought it was going to be. And then that's ah, uh, what prison makes people shave their heads? No prison. A uh, death row does. What does death, death row? Is... If you're going in the electric chair. But he's not on death row. He's he's just in a maximum security prison, which I'm assuming will be unless they do have rules where they can't have hair over a certain length because the other prisoners are violent and when they've got wreck time the other prisoner might use their hair uh, to like Maybe. What 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 prison is it in the DC <laughs> of, uh, it's not Blackgate, it's not Arkham, obviously. Iron Heights? No, not Iron Heights. It's not Belt and not Belvedere. That's a fucking weird ass name. It's um Bell 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 some, Reef. Bill Reeve prison. That'll be he's in that. Belvedere's a butler from the. I know Belvedere's a butler. I know it's a wrong one. So talking of butlers though, right? Um, let's go back to Alfred, right? Alfred and this, a lot of people hated him. However, Alfred Batman. Yeah, I kind of I see Alfred in this. I seen him more in line with the the Gotham Batman. Yeah, I I I loved um I loved Jeremy Irons. I thought he played the perfect... Well, obviously, there's only one perfect Batman, and that's the Batman throughout the entire Batman films of the 90s. I can't remember his name, the actor's name, um, but, uh, you know, the guy that was in Batman Forever. The Alfred guy that was in Returns Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been in all of them since Michael Keaton's Batman. Apart from... I don't know if he was in Batman Robin, was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he... It turned out that um, uh, Batgirl was his uh, niece, I think. That's right. So it was. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name, but that's the true Alfred, to be honest. But his, no... His name's Michael Go. Michael Go. There we go. But yeah, um... Jeremy Irons, though, phenomenal, Alfred. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, totally. I I understood Alfred. He, it, it made sense, this Alfred. He wasn't just a butler. He wasn't just there to give moral advice. He actually had a practical use to Batman mm-hmm. by, you know, fixing things and, you know, creating, you know, things. And, and you, even, like, this, the, the small subtle words, again, bringing subtlety, because Zack Snyder really was playing subtlety. Even just the slow things, kind of like, oh... Just fixing the the, the sort of like bullet uh, the the bulletproof thing on the neck of your mat of uh, your mask, which tied into the whole warehouse scene where he got shot point blank at the back of his fucking neck, and it's kind of like my God, Alfred actually that that's the Alfred that I always imagine in the comics, and I always imagine in the animated things that out with what you see, that's what he does. He tinkers with everything. He puts he, bat nipples and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, yeah, you know, he he kind of like tinkers with everything. He's 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 like a master, you know, physician. He's a uh, not magician, physician. Yeah. Uh, he's a master, you know, engineer as well. You know, he he's basically a jack of all trades type. That's guy. that's one thing I did love about Batman. This is probably the first Batman movie, unless I'm wrong, that Batman actually made his own gadgets, or you seen him uh, yeah, tinkering yeah. with stuff. Because we know Batman's a genius. Like he's not just this billionaire that just got that got the company. Batman's an engineer also, and Christian Bale with Lucius Fox making everything for him, apart from the original um, Batarangs. I think Christian Bale made them, but in this one we actually see him building things in the cave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. And just to sort of like tie up or wrap up the Alfred thing, honestly, that's the Alfred that we need in this universe, and that's the Alfred we need in a cinematic one. It's Jeremy Irons. He was fucking bitching in that one, right? Yeah. And he realised the only thing that pissed me off, and this is going to tie in right well into our sort of discussion of Batman, is the fact that he never really he had an opportunity to explain why Batman started to collaterally damage slash kill people when he said, oh, branding, that's a new form of, you know, of like torture yeah. idea. And I was going, that would have been the perfect setup, even if Batman just retorted, kind of going, well, after what happened to Robin, of course I'm going to do this. <laughs> idea, you know, like all it needed was just that. And then that would have explained what he could have done everything. it. They could have done it with a look, even if Batman just glanced across the Robin costume and it faded out. Yeah, that whole scene, if it just had that extra 30 seconds of of sort of explaining, then that would have explained everything that Batman did. <laughs> so, Ali, yeah. Batman, the other half of Superman, yeah. versus 
What did you think? Okay, so I, I, we've kind of Ross has been gushing about Batman all through this podcast, so you can kind of guess his um, opinion on him. I um, I, I'm going to give. Uh, I'll just take a, a slight breather. The audience, this isn't for you. This is for all filmmakers and future TV people that are going to be including Batman in something. We don't fucking need to so see how his parents want- died. <laughs> We've seen it. We've seen it from Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Gotham. We've seen it in the animated scenes. If we're expected to take it face value, if we walk into this and we're supposedly, we have no idea who Batman is, we've got to accept that this guy, Bruce Wayne, who's suddenly seen Superman crash into the building and he's now Batman, right? If we're expected to just take that in face value, then yeah, fair enough. But you need to explain more. If you're going to explain all of Batman... Like, in fact, never mind. I'm not getting into it. Just don't fucking show us his parents' death. We get it. We know his parents fucking died. Thank you. So that was it. Sorry for the brief um, uh, diversion there, Ross. But that was to all film. you've got to admit, though, that the way that they portrayed his death was pretty fucking badass. Because, A, it was during the uh, pre-film title credits. Mm -hmm. So technically, it wasn't really part of the film. It was just that bit where they do the usual... Directed by Zack Snyder, produced yeah. by John Smith, produced by John Cho, <laughs> produced by John Cho. Yeah. You know, so, like, I felt that it, it didn't have too much of an impact in the film, but I do know what you mean. Yeah. It's a proper, like, what the shit, how many times do we have to see this in cinema? Everybody knows how Batman becomes Batman. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with, and I'll just do a slight sort of deviation. It's the same with Captain. It's the same with Civil War. See if they show an origin story of Spider Man. They're not going like, to though. They're not going shit. to. That's well, yeah, the thing. See, and we've, we've had less of Spider Man in movies. We've had two versions of them: the Sam Raimi movies, and we've had the more recent ones with uh, Mark Webb. And they've already said, even in his standalone movie, it won't be an origins. We don't need to see his origins. He get bit by a spider. The end. Batman's parents died. He went mental. The end. We've got Gotham explaining it all, and it's two seasons into explaining it just now. But that's that's a total thing. Um, my opinion on Batman himself. I thought Ben Affleck was going to do a Clooney because effectively Ben Affleck's now kind of like the George Clooney figure of these days, whereas George Clooney was the George Clooney of the 90s. Um, Ben Affleck, he's great now. Like, see if he'd done this in the 90s, he would have fucking fucked it up. But see, now that he's matured as an actor, he's had some experience behind the camera as well, so he probably knows more how his um, performance is going to be shown on camera. Um, He's he's obviously won won an Oscar, I'm sure, for writing Good Will Hunting. Um, This actor is... Matt Damon. Matt Damon. But, like, (laughs) Ben, Ben Affleck has grown so much as an actor, and I respect him, and... From what the rumors are saying is that he's going to be directing the Batman standalone movie. That's fucking great. That, like Ross said earlier about the the talk of him, that his agent has said that he's wrote the script for it as well. I'm fucking backing this to be the best Batman movie of all time. His yeah. portrayal of not only Batman himself, his voice was disguised enough from the mask without the need to. It's not a car. Like that is. Really- <laughs> yeah. It- Christian Bale Swear got- me. Swear. Read to me. That's not the right voice. I know. It's ridiculous <laughs> that Christian Bale took it far too far. Like, Batman Begins was fine making a deep voice like this. It was a bit like Val Kilmer. I'll get drive through. Um, but. <laughs> I, don't, sorry, I totally forgot about that line. <laughs> yeah. But, um, sorry for that. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean. God, I love those films. They have the greatest quips ever. Yeah, but um, Batman um, in this movie was done fucking... I'm not the greatest Batman fan, but um, I thought it was perfect for me. And talking of the greatest Batman fan that I know, I'm going to pass you on to him so that he can give you his opinion. (laughs) Yes, well, yeah, just to sort of like get a foundation on, I've read every Batman comic uh, out there. I am behind on the new 52, and I'm getting myself up to Endgame and Batman Eternal and all that stuff, right? But I've read everything that you can think of of Batman. Same agree, like Green Arrow, Batman to me, they're like neck and neck as the. I, I couldn't even choose who who to be the greatest sort of you know like hero to me. So for me, seeing this Batman, I had massive high ex- expectations, proper high. Uh, hearing that Kevin Smith broke down, and I use quotes, big broke down in tears when he saw the 
uh, the bat suit type idea. And then all the bat suit images that we saw weren't really in very like um, uh, you know cool settings. It was that black and white photo. And then a couple others, and I was kind of like, man, all right, I want to see this in action instead. But holy fucking shit, that Batman is my Batman. Holy God almighty, <laughs> that's amazing. And, like, again, what I'm going to say right now is basically going to uh, highlight the biggest failure Zack Snyder did, which is not tell the story. You have to extrapolate the story. Uh, as an audience which is bad that's a bad thing that you do as a filmmaker you do not make the audience try and think of why things happened and what happened you were talking to Zack Snyder like he was a dog that's a bad filmmaker bad Bad, Zack Snyder bad go sit in a corner until fucking Justice League so (laughs) but yeah so basically knowing my Batman knowledge and knowing Batman right couple things I want to cover first off biggest thing that people had a, a really annoying thing at is the fact that he killed he yes he killed in this film right i am not totally not going to like ignore that i'm not going to say that he didn't kill of course he killed right it's collateral damage man he fucking blew up an entire fucking like a uh, car dragged it behind his batmobile which was awesome and then fucking flipped it over and crushed that car i was like what the shit is this guy this is awesome but my view or my take on the batman of batman versus superman uh and by the time i get through this i'll line up a question to you ali actually sure. uh it's more the fact that like i don't think he gives a fuck anymore i think that's the biggest thing i think after all the loss all the shit that he's had to deal with in gotham for 20 years he had literally and then superman obviously arriving and 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 you know pissing off his company by taking down the entire fucking building he just doesn't give a fuck this is literally, this is the Batman without any, like, you know, fucking uh, constraints. Yeah. And even even Alfred doesn't know how to deal with that. And that's why he doesn't really do anything to try and calm him down. Literally, Batman doesn't give a shit. Uh, obviously, when he is standing over Superman, and this is a big scene that I've been trying to tell people about, right? This is probably one of the most key scenes in the entire film and it just got brushed over because of the way it was filmed. But see, when he was standing over Superman, right, and Superman was lying down there crying out Martha, and then Lois comes in, kneeling down beside Superman, and Batman looks up and looks at each other. Yes, he recognizes the name Martha and says, why do you know that name? Why do you know that name? But in my mind, that's the moment where Batman realizes that he's become the Joe Chill that killed his parents. That's the key thing in this entire film is the fact that Batman's just realized that in the past five or ten years, he has literally strayed so far away from his original beliefs, his original objectives, and his original thing that he promised and vowed to do for his parents until he heard Superman say Martha and the fact that he looked at it and realized that if you look at it, Superman would be Thomas Lois would be Martha, and he is Joe Chill, and he's standing there ready to take their lives from 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 type idea, you know? Like, that, to me, is the defining moment of old Batman to realise that ever since Jason Todd's death, or, well, I say Jason Todd, I should really say Robin, because we don't know what Robin it is, but ever since Robin's death, he's gone so far off the beat, so far off the path, it's got to be uh, Jason Todd. They're not going to like you just say Dick be. Grayson died or fucking yeah, uh, Sally, yeah. Tim Drake died. And Zack Snyder's actually come out and said he wants to cover the entire Robin lineage properly in these movies. Yeah, he's also admitted in an interview that it was 10 years ago that Robin died and he died by the Joker's hand. So I reckon in the past 10 years, basically, I reckon I would say six years Batman didn't exist because uh, Bruce Wayne was just totally fucked yeah, up. and Superman brought him back, yeah. Right? And then, yeah, and then he was brought back with uh, the entire Superman-type idea. And I reckon that because uh, he just went so full-on with anger and rage and didn't give a fuck. See, that's the thing. He wasn't intentionally out to proper stab, murder people. Like, he didn't want to murder and kill people. It just so happened that they died. You know, he's kind of like going, oh, no, a big car's, like, going to crash in you. Fuck you. You know, tell you later, serves you right for being in that position. Boom, dead. Move on to the next one. Which I totally understand, because you've got to admit that this guy has been fucking fighting crime for 20 years, yeah. right? 
uh, his closest ally was like probably probably beaten to death by a crowbar by his greatest villain ever you know and like 10 years have passed since then and you've got your parents death on top of that of course you're going to be fucking psychotic especially when an alien arrives on earth and kills all your employees yeah kills all your employees doesn't have a doesn't have any regard to health and safety when (laughs) a villain right you know, I mean, he could have at least... Do you think there's an HR department for that, Ross? That yeah, got a health should... and safety rep for yes. Superman? They need to have, like, some barriers up, fluorescent jackets around the place, you know, clodding them into a specific fight zone. Oh. That island that Doomsday was on, that would have been perfect. Oh, that's... A, sorry, I'm getting right in a tangent now. That was another thing. Why the fuck are Gotham Metropolis so fucking close? I know they're close, but they're not that close that you can see the bat fucking symbol from Metropolis. That's fucking retarded. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Batman. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting on a right one. Uh, I honestly thought that Batman was the, the best thing about the entire film. Like, I mean, see that scene where um, the women slaves are down there and the cops go down to check them out and they're too scared to leave. That's the first time that I felt scared of Batman. Every time I saw Batman on screen, I was like, like not the BVS film, I'm talking about previous films. I'm like, yes, fuck yes, it's Batman, this is amazing. That's the first time that I actually was scared. I was like, holy shit, Batman's about and nobody knows where he is. This is amazing. Oh, my God. And I was like, holy shit. And, like, even the cop was fucking... Th- and, and that, that scene there as well was straight from... I just read it last night again, The Dark Knight Returns, um, when the two cops, when Batman mm. does come back, and the rookie one's kind of saying, okay, leave him now, Batman. You know, that was kind of... It made me think of that scene. And see, when they... You're right about being scared of Batman. When they pulled the door shut and said, he's still here, I was like, oh, yeah, where is he? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, here we go. This is awesome. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god, I'm actually now now I understand why people would be fucking scared to shit them. And see the cop that fucking like fired a shot at Batman, good on him, because I'm sorry, but if I had a shotgun and I was scared shitless, that's the fuck I would do is like fucking shoot everywhere. And I love that thing where he's just perched at the, the top corner of the roof and I was like, what the shit, man? And they look like a wee bat just fucking scrabbling away. Oh, it was amazing, it was so good. The way that they just filmed Batman and the way that his action scenes were were just awesome. It honestly felt like, because I watched it in the IMAX first, and it felt like watching somebody play Arkham mm. uh, on an IMAX screen in the warehouse scene. Like, everything that he was doing was essentially straight out of uh, Arkham. Which is another thing, right? Nobody complained about the way that you kick the fuck out of... Um, uh, uh, villains in Arkham, yet everybody's taking like a, a freaky fit about the fact that, like, oh, he totally broke that guy's neck, broke that guy's back in that warehouse. And I'm like, of course, you've been doing it since fucking 2005 with fucking Arkham, haven't you? Jesus, man. Everybody in Arkham is dead, right? Although your detective vision tells you that they're unconscious, uh, unconscious using it, but you literally have cracked their back yeah. to the point that they will not walk again. And that's what happened in Batman. I mean, I'm sorry, but what do you fucking expect with Batman? Of course he's going to be uh, put people in it. I did love the fact that, like, Batman sits there and says he... Well, he, I know he didn't explicitly say he doesn't kill, but I love the fact that everybody knows he doesn't kill, yet he branded people who then get killed in prison. I was like, that's the greatest, like, you know, like, deviation from not have to kill yeah. anybody. You know, like, don't worry, I'll just brand you and somebody else can do it. <laughs> It's yeah, like, that, that was very cool. It was micromanagement. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Batman as well. Like, um, I, I didn't. I, I kind of still get the impression, like when you, you seen this movie before me, I was like, I seen it the day after you. You were like, um, Batman straight out kills these fuckers. I, I didn't take it that way from my viewing of the film. I took it as in, yeah, they probably died, but he didn't directly like snap yeah. their necks on screen like Superman in the last movie. He didn't directly, like, shoot them in the face. He indirectly killed them. Like, yeah, not talking about the branding, yeah. but there's, like, like you said, the car bit. There's no way they survived that, but it doesn't make it out as if Batman's murdering them, you know? Yeah, so It's not like he intentionally went out and said, going, I'm going to do this yeah. right now. And on my second viewing, that's when I realised that. I was kind of going, yeah. Until that moment where he shot... Uh, KG Beast's um, flamethrower. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's KG Beast. I'm yeah. pretty. I, I recognise the name, and I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, until he shot that flamethrower, which that was a straight up "I'm going to murder you" moment. 
Everything. But then again, he didn't shoot the per- he didn't shoot him in the head. He shot his tank, you know. So thank you, Ali. That's like what I keep on saying to myself is the fact that he technically didn't kill him. The tank killed him. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit like um, in in Dark Knight Returns, the book again, which this film takes a lot from. He doesn't kill the Joker. He beats him to the state where he's paralyzed and he'll never move again. And then the Joker <laughs> snaps his own neck. <laughs> which which I, I to this day I'm still trying to figure out if that's physically possible to snap your own neck. <laughs> like that would made no sense. Anyway, but yes, uh, uh, with the Batman, no, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. It was like uh, um, collateral damage uh, while he was trying to secure the kryptonite. Is the way that I look at it, you know. But though he was proper, like insane and crazy, which was he, he awesome. was basically he was still keeping the Batman basic morals. He was on the fringe of yeah, you've probably killed that guy, but like you said, he's lost the. I don't care, like, before Batman would go and see the body and, like, maybe hang them up for the police or throw them in a dumpster or knock them out, whereas this one, it's like, he might be dead, I don't give two shits yeah. now, so I didn't get the, when I went into it, I expected to see, like, oh my god, Batman's actually fucking killing people, but I didn't get that impression, I got the, yeah, they're probably dead, but I get it from his characterization that he's just lost it. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I totally understand. And even Michael Keaton's Batman blew up a factory. Exactly. And it's not even that. And Batman Returns, I'm pretty sure, did he not like fucking like throw a bomb on like one of the clowns as well? Yeah, he did. Blew up too. So, So, Batman does kill. People just refuse to believe the fact that he's He's killed directly in the comics. He's even used real guns in the comics. Yeah, man. In one of the comics, he like fucking like locked KGB stop in a cell and just left him there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like that. That's as bad as that. That's just worse than killing straight off. You know, that's just psychotic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's Batman. We're talking. We're talking about a guy that dresses up as a fucking bat and fights crime. Of course, he's going to be psychotic. Come Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. I mean, his parents dying at a young age, a butler uh, bringing him up that sewed nipples onto all his clothes from the age of five, you know, like... (laughs) Has a pension of taking pictures of his backside. Yes. Um, And then Chris O'Donnell arrives, and I was like, why are you... What what are you doing Why do you look so much like Stephen Amell? Yeah. Um, But yeah, anyway... So, like, as my overall opinion of Batman vs. Superman, Mm. I thought it was a great film. Like... Mm. Anyone that listens to this and hasn't seen it yet, then we've spoiled everything for you. And we're not even got into the time travel stuff, actually, to be honest, but we'll leave that for another day. Yeah. But I just want to say to everybody right now, it's a great film. Get yourself some popcorn, switch off your brain, fire up. Yeah, get a couple of beers. Get pissed, actually. You might enjoy it even more. Just, you know, forget about everything you've heard and everything you've seen and just enjoy it. it there are give credit to Zack Snyder, the action sequences are bang on. They are awesome. They are really well shot, really well done, and when Wonder Woman gets into it, and then the whole guitar thing, I was like, fuck yeah, man. This, it really is good, and the music is on point. Nothing. I hated Man of Steel, but see the soundtrack for Man of Steel? I listen to that every day because it's fucking amazing. Hans Zimmer, who's also come out and announced that he's retired from a uh, superhero music, uh, that was his last ever film that he's done for superhero stuff. Uh, my God, he kicked it out of the park as well with that J Junkie XL. Junkie XL. He done the remix. The only thing yeah. I know him from was the remix of a little less conversation with Elvis. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, he seems to have been Hans Zimmer's like pupil and might be taking on the rest of the music. But my God, man, honestly, it's such a good film and. Ignore the critics. Like the critics are, are, are just had their expectations far too high for uh what you could break it down to as a simple superhero brawl film. So what did you think, Ali? Um I think basically like you said to sum it up, um overall it was a hundred times better than Man of Steel. Like Man of Steel wasn't the worst Superman movie because we've seen a different Superman. I hate Kevin Costner in any film, so that was a minus straight away. Um do you know, I'm only joking, like, but I do hate Kevin Costner, but it wasn't too no, bad. Just dick. That's why Alan Rickman had to come into uh, <laughs> The Thieves in order to actually save the film. Yeah, but I mean, so like, if you think about it, Alan Rickman's character was the hero because it saved Prince of Thieves. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that, like, that, that's another thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, like the the film overall was absolutely fantastic. Like, I went into it expecting to not like it. I had already had preconceptions of the movie from critics. This is the first film I can one hundred percent say every critic review that's given it like half a star, zero stars, seven out of ten. Not not seven out of ten, seven out of a hundred, and all this nonsense. It's like. I can understand why a lot of DC fans are coming out saying, did Marvel pay for these reviews? Like, they are completely 100% wrong. I um, became a DC fan over the past, like, four or five years. Just I was never a DC fan when I was younger. And now that I'm at the stage to watch this, when I've read, done some of the back reading, I've read, like, Red Sun, I've read The Injustice, and, like, this, this, this film was almost, like, spot on for me like yeah lex luther stood out a bit but watch it another time and like ross said you'll see a different side to it this is a film that requires multiple viewings like 100 percent. but the first time you'll see it you won't come out like ah that was shit like i did in dark knight rises i was like oh well there was a long period of uh jason gordon levitt just walking about the city posting notes down the drain it's like did that really deserve 20 minutes of screen time oh you know (laughs) this film however is action-packed from start to finish you're going to see the best batman on screen ever if you're a fan of the arkham games you'll love this if you like man of steel you're going to love this um if you're interested in wonder woman you're going to be satisfied if you're expecting to see we'll get into this in another time though again aquaman if you're expecting to see lots of the Flash, if you're expecting to see lots of Cyborg, you're going to be disappointed because you get maybe 30 seconds of each of them. But like I said, that's for another time. This film, all in all, is... It, I gave a, a, a solid 8 out of 10 last week on AR, uh, on the 42 podcast. The, now I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. After I've given it a time. 7 out of 10. Uh, see, I'm just over, over into this film from a film that I wasn't hyped about that even my wife said, I don't really want to see it at the cinema, but I'll watch it. I cannot wait to see three hours of this movie, and I haven't said yeah. that in a long time. I mean, this is already running it like two and a half hours, and I want to see another half hour. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, what what kind of annoys me more about the film is the fact that, like, uh, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's already released, or Warner Brothers already released some of the deleted scenes. One of the ones basically explains how Lex Luthor knows of Darkseid and how everything's going to like go down, and like the entire minute and a half scene is basically him talking to the ship. Uh, a demon in the ship about like the shit that's going to go down which makes sense when you get to the prison and he's like oh everything's going to happen and and you know like uh, heaven and earth are upside down type idea and i'm kind of like going oh my god see if that was in the film everybody would have more sense of what's going on mm-hmm. supposedly barbara gordon was in it which oh. basically yeah which is like one of the one of the deleted scenes which basically means that are we now going to get more backstory to Batman? Maybe for the audience that don't like the fact that Batman had been like indirectly killing, maybe we're now going to get more reason behind it, you know? And I'm kind of pissed off in the sense that I'm kind of going, so basically all the key scenes that would have made everything make sense to the general audience have been left in the cutting room floor and we have to wait to the Blu-ray. And I cannot wait for the Blu-ray. I can't wait to sit down and watch this three and a half hour epic. That's like 60 minutes worth of footage has been like put. That's almost a film. Oh, is it 60 minutes? Like I get told it was half an hour, but... No, I thought I I think it's three and a half hours and the running time is two and a half in the cinema. Mm. So... Six, I think it's 60 minutes worth of footage that are getting put in. I honestly reckon that they're doing a Kingdom of Heaven. And I don't know if you've ever watched Kingdom of Heaven, but when it came out in the cinema at first, it was a fucking travesty of a film. See the director's cut that came out when Ridley Scott mm-hmm. got a chance to edit, him, edit it himself? It was the most phenomenal Oscar-winning film you could ever see, but because it's already been out in Blu-ray. Yeah. But anyway, that's diverging again. We're going to wrap up the show right here, but um, this is now the DC Remix, like Ross said. The show formerly known as SCR. Yeah. DC Remix, I like that one. I think it's quite good, but let us know, uh, listeners, uh, if you have other better names than DC Remix. We could put it as in a placeholder for now. Yeah, it can be like Dawn of Justice. We can forget about it when the time comes. <laughs> yeah, we can just forget about the... the the subtitle called DC Remix and just focus on the fact that it's like the moment and the guy that got stranded for five years. Yeah, stranded in the moment. Yeah, <laughs> stranded in the moment. <laughs> uh, colon, 
DZ Remix. Yeah, Stranded in the Moments DZ Remix. That'll do for just now. But if you need to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at Starling Radio on Twitter. Um, we will be changing the name of that over to uh, Stranded in the Moment DC Remix. We'll keep it at SCR until our next viewing, so that every, uh, next recording, so that everyone knows that it's there. So. Yeah. Well, that was our Batman versus Superman. Uh, sum up review uh we're going to be doing more next time uh, it's going to be a bit of a different schedule but stay posted on twitter i will update all you guys um i've got to say thank you very much for listening and tuning in if you're a long time fan we apologize that we've not been about but we're we're, we're working with the format i'm um, sorry it's okay um but we will like just South Park. i'm sorry we're like kittens that's what we should do we should put up like kittens and like nice stuff and be like i'm sorry like bp in south park yeah um so we'll wrap it up there and just remember this is the podcast that you need and it is the one that you deserve right now it is bye folks that's us out